Ladies and gentlemen, this is Andy Podcast. And uh, before we get started, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's been supporting season one, two, and three. It's on Spotify and all platforms. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely started the podcast to interview my fellow independent artists, whether it's a musician, anybody in the arts. And I also made space for my social workers, mental health practitioners, and people who are working with the youth. And one of the other aspects of my podcast is to definitely highlight those who have touched my life, people who I consider mentors. And um, a mentor to me is someone that gives you another purpose and something to to work for uh, and helps you unlock a talent that you didn't even know you had. And um, around 2018, ladies and gentlemen, I dropped my ninth album as a hip hop artist. And I think by the time that came around, I was definitely feeling burnt out and disgusted and disappointed from the music industry. Made me take a break for a good year and a half. I stopped doing shows as a hip hop artist, but I never stopped going to the studio. But that time I was looking for a new meaning in life. I I was like, my my creativity is, I don't feel inspired no more. I wasn't inspired as a hip hop artist and I needed something to create into another outlet and I always did acting in high school, in theater, and in college, I got I, I, I was I got a lead role for a play. But I, as soon as I started rapping, it just took me to a whole different lifestyle, and it just took me somewhere else. But around 2018, I got the bug to pursue it again. So what I did was, I did six months, I did three months at Los Angeles School of Acting, and I did another three months at Meisner Shakov Institute. But during that time, ladies and gents, I was just looking for any theater opportunities. I come across this ad that says Hamlet auditions at Community Actors Theater. I come in and this is my first time meeting Mrs. H and I had auditioned for Hamlet. And from 2018 all the way to the pandemic, ladies and gents, um, I was a committed actor for Community Actors Theater. I, I was giving it my 100% besides doing work with the kids. I left rap alone for a while as, as, as hitting the road and I, I concentrated on acting. And, I, and to this day, I feel like it abruptly stopped for me when the pandemic happened. And right when we were about to do the, my 10th play, A Place in Time, the pandemic happened. But without no further ado, ladies and gents, it's not about me today. It's about my mentor, the founder of Community Actors Theater, this is Jenny Hamilton. How are you? I am doing pretty well. How are you today? I am doing good, Mrs. H. Very I just, good. I just want to say thank you for uh, for everything you've done for me and for mentoring me and just guiding me into this as a newcomer, as a theater actor. And thank you for teaching me discipline and teaching me what it requires to really do this and, and be professional. And thank you for teaching me that, because I, I carry it with me with every play that I do. Um, just your, everything you've taught me. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. With you, it, it didn't take much, because you were really interested in the beginning. And uh, anyone who's interested in acting, they will do well. I said, if you don't, you know, if you're not really interested, then you're, you're going to take it as a play thing. You're not going to take it serious. But you came in and you were serious and you did excellent work. And Thank you, Mrs. H. It means a lot. Very happy. Oh, Mrs. H. My first experience with you was, ha- ladies and gents, my first play ever. 
since college, I come into it doing Hamlet. And Mrs. Hardest play ever. <laughs> Mrs. H gave me three different roles. I, I, I opened the, the play. I was in the middle and that was towards the end. And um, I surprised myself, ladies and gentlemen, on, on how I memorized the lines because I think as an MC, as a, as a rapper, I think memorizing stuff is almost second nature. But it's different. Acting and rapping live is similar in so many ways, but it's still different. But the mechanics of learning lines, I felt like, I can do this, I can learn the lines. But acting it out is when Mrs. H really helped me out in that first play. Thank you. <laughs> um, Mrs. H, I, I ask everybody, where were they born? And I ask all my guests, where were you guys born and raised? Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in a little town and um, very close to Beaufort, South Carolina. Um, and the, the name of the little town is really Gardner's Corner, but it was a long time before Gardner's Corner even got on the map, so a lot of people don't know about, you know, um, Gardner's Corner. Well, maybe they do now since it, it is on the map. But uh, anyway, I was born and raised in um, just a little, little town. The population was, I don't know about how many, but it was a very small town. Mrs. H, do you ever wonder how your family originated in South Carolina? How did, how did mom and dad end up in South Carolina? Um, I, yes, I wondered, but um, at the time I didn't really ask a lot of questions. So it was like, I know, you know, they were from different regions and, and they sort of spoke about, you know, where they were from. and. And, uh, but I took it so lightly, I didn't, you know, as a kid, you don't really think of how important it is to get that kind of history until you get older, and when you get older, then you go back and you try to find it, and sometimes the people who have the information are no longer around, you know? Um, Mrs. H, what do you remember about South Carolina? Growing up, how was it? How was the town like? Was it middle class? Uh, oh. Well, in South Carolina, I remember um, living on a big farm. Nice. My grandparents, because um, there are three of us. I have two brothers. I, I'm the oldest of the, you know, the uh, the three. So uh, we lived with our grandparents because our parents, they moved to New York City to try to get a better job and make, you know, a better living. And, and um, we were supposed to stay with our grandparents until they got settled and then they were going to come back and get us. But then they'd come like every summer and um, every time they'd come and they said, oh, we're going to take the kids back, we're going to take the kids back. Then my grandma would start crying. She didn't, the to take us and then they would say well we let them stay another year and the next summer you know it was like a repeat of the same thing so but anyway they, they lived on a really a big farm in fact uh, my um, grandparents had about the biggest farm around uh, I was told and I remember the planting of just about everything cotton potatoes string beans uh, tomatoes 
um, just about everything. And then on the side, my grand grandma, she had a, like a garden of her own where she, you know, planted the things that she wanted to plant, like the squash and the okra and the, and the turnip greens and you know stuff like that. And um, she would, um, my grandpa would have one of the um, the sons to dig up that area for her to plant. And um, it was fun staying with them and going on the farm when we were real little because we didn't have to do a lot. But when we got older, we were expected to do more work and it wasn't fun anymore, you know? <laughs> the sun was hot and it seemed like the sun was getting hotter and hotter each summer. And we had to walk uh, a long ways to school. I don't know about how far, but um, thinking back about the distance, um, I'm sure it was like probably over a mile she had to walk to school back and you know to and from school and um and then we had a teacher who didn't want us to be late you know it's not the kid kid's fault they're late but anyway she um <laughs> you're late she'd say you're late put your hand up put your hand up and she'd whip you in your hand because you're late you know and um she was a very strict teacher but we learned a lot from her because she made sure that her students you know and um, after, uh, I guess I was like in maybe the fifth grade, uh, my uh, grandparents, they found out that there was a school bus that was going right past our house and was going picking up other children to take them to a, a different school. So then they went to the board and they um, talked to, you know, whoever they were supposed to talk to about it during a meeting, they had like a meeting, but we were little kids and we were there with them because we were little, you know. And um, <laughs> so they explained <laughs> that there, there was a school bus. Yeah. Although it wasn't supposed to be taking kids to the school we were going to, but it was passing right by our house and, you know, maybe they could pick us up and maybe we could go to the school where they were, or, you know, uh, picking up kids more. So anyway, um, they convinced them that we should ride the school bus, and so we were all allowed to do that, and we started attending the school, and uh, where we didn't have to walk all these, you know, miles, a mile and a half, or whatever, back and forth uh, to school. So uh, that is what we did until I guess um oh for a long, long time, really. And then, um, before you knew it, then I became engaged, and then I got married, and then I moved away, and then my <laughs> my parents, they took the two brothers, my two brothers, and they, they went to New York, and so they finished school in New York, you know, in New York City. And and then I moved out here, so that's how it's I got out of San Diego, California, that's right. So I furthered my schooling here in San Diego, uh, California. I went to, um, first I went to um, City College and I took some classes there. And and then um, uh, then I went, I got transferred uh, to San Diego State University and I took my graduate classes there. And uh, I got my master's through Pepperdine uh, University. But uh, it was 
hard trying to go to school and be married and then especially when they started having kids and you know and so that but I was determined you know I was going to go further and um, try to make the best I could you know myself so that is what I did um, so I made a lot of sacrifices <laughs> to accomplish that and I'm glad I did uh, then I uh, oh all the time I was going to school um, I was always in acting I was always in a play of some kind so Sage I wanted to ask you so before we go there right mm-hmm. what was your first inclinations as a little girl that you know how to act or you like to act well my teachers thought I, you know they wouldn't we'd have like Christmas plays and well, holiday plays because we, you know, like had it for Thanksgiving and uh, Mother's Day. You always did stuff like that. So uh, they would always kind of choose me for a nice sized part. You know, <laughs> first I started out just doing the welcoming address. They, they, they just kind of, you know, put me out there, and then I started liking it. And um, and then they learned, they found out that whatever part they gave me, I learned it really quickly. <laughs> The other kids were still struggling, learning their lives, and I had mine now, look like I, you know. So then they started giving me longer parts, but then I've always liked acting. So when I came out here, then, um, then so in addition... How old were you in your first play, Miss H? What, what grade were you your first play ever? Uh, probably like the second grade. Wow. Probably third grade, something, but... Okay, and then, so you started doing plays, Miss H. Now, in, in junior high and high school, did you do, were you doing theater? Um, no. I stopped for a while. Mm. And um, then I started back much later. At what I, age did I, you start back again? I started back, I was grown, I was married when I started back again, and I had children. And, um... That's interesting. Yes, and I started back again. And, and I, um, found, um, uh, this, this, this director that was, you know, uh, auditioning people for a play, but it was a musical. And I didn't, I couldn't, I'm not a really good singer, but I've been in musicals, but I'm not a, like a singer-singer, you know. And then I found this lady who, uh, another lady who was a director, and then, um, it's like as soon as I got there, because she started, you know, auditioning me for plays and stuff. What's and I started name? being, um, well, she passed away now, so she's no longer yet. So then I started taking her class because she was teaching also. And um, I, so I started doing plays at ECC under her, you know lots of plays at ACC. Nice. Then, uh, finally, we said we should start our own theater company, you know. What's ACC, Mrs. ACC, that's ACC. Educational um, Community Theater. It's Educational Complex. I think that's it. And then, uh-huh. you guys decided, we should just make our own theater. Yes. Mm-hmm. We decided, well, we could do this ourselves, you know. We should just form our own theater group. So, um, we kind of talked about it off and on for, I don't know how long, but it was like a long time, you know. And so finally one day I said, well, we've procrastinated long enough. I think we either we do this or we don't, you know. So, because there was a group of us who were in the class 
you know, we were, were the ones who were really interested. Hell um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I called the first meeting because everybody, they were kind of talking about it, but no one was making the effort to make it happen. So, um, in the first meeting we had, we uh, selected our board. You know, someone to be the president. I ended up being the first vice president. Then we had our secretary and our treasurer and, um, you know, so forth. And then we started um, traveling because we now we had our own theater group. So we started traveling to different venues, you know, to do plays and schools. And um, we did them in uh, nightclubs. We did them in... Um, Girls and Boys Club, we did them at churches, we did, wherever, libraries, wherever they would, you know, let us have um, plays. And um, then after after um, doing that for a good while, he said, maybe we should try to get our own theater building, you know, so he said, yeah, so then finally, you know, we started looking for, you know, building. So um, our first venue was on Imperial Avenue. It was a storefront, um, a storefront uh, theater that we can, a uh, building that we converted it uh, into a theater. Um, it seated about like 50 people. What year was this, Mrs. H, that the first venue opened, uh, the first theater? Uh, it was like um, 1995. Nice. acting, you know, just like gypsies traveling around acting before that. And we stayed there like for five years. And uh, we sort of outgrew that spot. And we started looking for another spot. By that time, you know, some of them had lost interest and what have you. But um, I didn't lose interest, so I kept looking. And when I found this place, it was so run down and be ready to be torn down, you know, because it was in bad shape. But I could see the possibilities in it. So I went forth and made sure we got the building. Then we had to put a lot of money in it to, you know, to renovate it and to make it into a theater because before it was like um, a dentist building on one and the other end was a dentist building and then there were two houses but they had already gutted it when you know we got it they gutted it already make it just one big big building so um, we just had to make it into a theater because we had the open you know space for it and then uh, like in the Ladies and gents, um, Community Actors Theater in San Diego has been my home as an actor for 
since 2018 and um, I'm at, you know I had a chance to do plays like Bojo's plays and through this through this theater I had the opportunity to network with other playwriters like Bianca Hutton who who has uh, casted me for um, her plays and Paul Taylor uh, casting me for 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 really good roles and um, I learned a lot in the diversity we're recording stage. Ladies and gents, I know the, the first the first section got cut, but um, I had a chance to do plays like Bojo's Place, which was a musical that highlights the greatest eras from Motown. I had a chance to uh, meet independent playwriters in San Diego like Bianca and, and Paul uh, uh, writing their own place and, and casting me for some important roles. And what I learned is the more plays I do, I think the more experience i feel like i'm getting it i'm getting better at it the more i do the more i just if you just keep doing it and dedicate yourself to it you're gonna develop diversity in, in your in your acting skills because you're given different roles mrs h let me ask you this out of all the years that that that's community act community actor theater's been here what are your top five plays that you think in your heart like you've directed top five plays that Oh. Just the experience and okay. just the roles Alrighty. Um, and the turnout, you yes. know, what's your top five? Well, Bojo's place, that is yes. number one because we've done that for like 10 years straight every February. People keep coming back to see it and they ask, well, when are you going to do it again? You should do it more than just once, you know, just in February, once a year. And uh, then some ask, oh, what... Uh, what singers are you going to, you know, have uh, your actors portray? So Bojo's is the top, and I would say um, Hamlet is um, second. Yes. Okay, and we did jo John Ferguson, which was a very hard play to do. Um, also, it had lots and lots of lines for everybody to learn, uh, but it it was a very very. Uh, challenging play very strong play and but it was so well received we did it like two years straight just like we did hamlet two years straight also and then um there was another play um that we did when we first moved into the building it's called um tamarines to glory tamarines to glory that was a very good play to do also and a lot of people requested that we um, bring that play to their venue, so we traveled with it. We went to different um, universities and, and we traveled with it. I love it. Uh, yes, and we did uh, at, at different churches. We we did it, and so um, I don't know. And when when we um, uh, first moved on in our first venue, um, that is when we did it for the first time. Then since we moved in the um, the building that we're in now, we've done it like, oh my, like two times, but we've traveled with it, I don't know how many times. And then um, there is another one, oh, the Amen Corner, the Amen Corner, that's a very um, good play, one of my favorites also. Nice. So, how many did I name? Five, that, that was five, five right okay. there. <laughs> now, Mrs. H, as an actress, what do you think are your top five plays that really touch your soul as an actress that 
you're like, I know I killed that role. Like, uh, which one do you think? Or that people really was like, you can act. You're mm-hmm. great. Okay, I guess, um, let's see. It's been a while since I've done a play. Um, well, I've done a few here, but I want to go back and pick the one that really... Yeah, that, that in your heart, you're mm-hmm. like, wow, that was... Um, I think the name of it is Booker T. High. Booker T. High, I think that's the name of it. And what was your role? Was I, your played role? The, I played the mother. Praise, yes. nice. <laughs> what would be your next top two? Oh, mercy. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, I like to, uh, I, Octate, um, I think it was Octate Club, Octate Bridge Club. Um, that was a, a really good one, too. Um, what was your I role? didn't have... I played the part of one of the one of the sisters in the play. Nice. Um, I didn't have a big part, but after each show, people would come up and say, you know, you didn't have a really good part. But he says, wow, your part was so powerful. Your part woke everybody up, you know. So that was um, a good, very good play. Nice. <laughs> what would be your top three message? I'll give you top three. What would be your top three role? My top three roles? Top third yeah you're third that was two right there that was can, two can, can I mean, you give me three more, more? Oh, no just one more just, you can one just give me one more, more. okay yeah. let me think let's see um uh okay oh another one is it's this is not um a play but it's a we we, we um we, we uh did it as a um uh okay, let's see what would you call it but anyway we would go to the TV station like every two weeks to record it and we were hoping somebody would pick it up so it was like a, a weekly show. show yes and you had to really learn your lines fast because, so that was very very interesting but uh, the person who was writing he was the president and then he had a heart attack and so he couldn't write anymore Crap. yeah so um, that dream got squashed and let's see it's oh my now if I didn't have to think about it I would know a lot of it's okay Mrs. H whatever you can remember Um, I I just Mrs. H let me ask you this which hat do you like wearing more directing or acting I like um, acting more but uh, I've been putting put in a position where I have to direct more so that is the reason I direct (laughs) because we have a facility now and we need to really make sure that we have money coming in because we have lots of bills to pay so I couldn't wait until you know some of them get ready to do a show there are times when I have to just plan and put you know shows kind of in between other shows and make sure we have something going at all times. Mrs. H, looking back, how did you handle being a teacher, motherhood, and rehearsals? It wasn't hard. It wasn't hard at all. Um, I mean, it was hard. I'm saying it wasn't hard. It was hard. (laughs) It was very hard Uh, because you have to take care of the kids and you have to, and then you have to do all, you know, your work 
housework and it, it was very hard but I liked acting so well that I made time for it that's what we call passion that's what we call love and commitment to the art you know and um, Mrs. H you've come across many actors and actresses uh, what are the top three traits that sticks out to you when you audition when you audition these actors what makes an actor great or yeah top three traits their enthusiasm in the you know to know that they want to do the show mm. and they are willing to commit mm. to the time that it takes uh, to put the show together mm. um, and Amen. yes because if they are not committed they're not going to you know uh, come to rehearsal like they should and that hurts the whole show I love how Mrs. H didn't even mention talent yet. Mm -hmm. She didn't say talent. Mrs. H said enthusiasm, mm -hmm. the willingness to commit for the whole three months of rehearsal, mm -hmm. and one more month of the of the weekends of the play. That's right. You are dedicating four months of your life for one show, and I did that from 2018 till the pandemic. Uh, and if, if the pandemic didn't happen, I would have been still in the theater still, acting. That's right. Um, and I did. Uh, shouts to shouts to Mark for doing the the virtual play. Um, I really liked that role. It was it was very yes. quick, quick film. Yes. But I was just glad Mrs. H to get back in there somehow. Um, Mrs. H, uh, what makes a play? Oh, what makes a director great? What is what what is it going to take for a director to really pull a play off? They have to know what they want. They have to know what they want from the actors, and then they have to have patience too. Uh, because if they don't have patience, it's not going to work. So the patience comes on both sides. You know, they have to be committed. The actors have to be committed, and um, they have to have the patience to to work with the actors who might not. Be, they want to do the play, but they might not be able to or know um, uh, how to learn their lines like they should or, or you know, what it takes to to, um, to uh, help them to memorize those lines and how to practice and, um, and how to study that character. So you have to really uh, make sure that you have the patience to teach them that. So that's um, that's very important because they might come with, you know, some experience or what have you, but there are other things that you might want from them that they don't, you know, display when they're uh, auditioning for the part or what have you. So it's up to the director, I think, to teach them um, what else they want from them so that the whole show would be successful because it is teamwork and um, if one fails then the whole show fails so the importance of coming on time most definitely the importance of coming the coming period that's right coming to rehearsal and sometimes it, it has nothing to do I mean talent will come into play you're gonna need that but I, I really I truly believe to be a committed theater actor 
you're gonna need commitment first, man. That that's number one. You gotta commit. You gotta commit, and that makes you a professional. That makes actor. That makes directors want to work with you again because they saw your professionalism the first time. Um, ladies and gents, I got a chance to comment. I got a chance to play a Vietnam War vet that broke down in tears here in this theater. I got a chance to play comedy. Uh, I, I got a chance to do Bojo's place, and I feel like with every role that I got with Community Actors Theater, and ladies and gents, I, w- I just want to plug in A Place in Time, directed by Evanna's Hart, produced by Mark Henry, and written by Earl Hamilton Jr. Uh, I am playing an alcoholic screenplay writer that moves to LA to pursue his dreams. His addictions got the best of him. And he failed. He had to move back to San Diego and explain to his friends what happened. And ladies and gents, we rehearsed for three months. <laughs> uh, it was my... Um, I've gotten lead role, co-lead roles before, but this is my first lead role. And uh, I gave it my soul. And then one week before we were about to go on, the pandemic happened. But we are going to get back into this. We, we're, we're, the, we're, we're planning to get back into this October. Um, so we are praying to God that everything works out with this pandemic and Community Actors Theater will be open for our, our season, for our whole season. Amen. <laughs> or yes, we are all praying indeed. We are all itching yes, to get back. We are anxious to get back. We're we, itching we, to get back. Yes, we've had enough of this pandemic. This has been the home for many actors to polish their skills and... Um, Mrs. H, I've had my experience on film, don't get me wrong. I've had my experience on film, but I don't know. There's nothing like theater. I know. (laughs) I love film, but there's nothing like That's right. Theater is the groundwork for anything else you do. And uh, many film directors, they want you to have theater before you go and audition, you know, for any kind of film at all. Because um, they know if you have theater, you have discipline. And they're looking for discipline. They want you to be already disciplined. They don't want to have to, you know, tell you. Mold you. Yes, yes. Tell you yeah, when to come. You know, they already told you the first time. They don't want to have to babysit. It has to be innate. Yeah. By the time you get yes, there, that yes. just has to be built inside you. It has you. to be <laughs> in you already. Exactly. Yes, indeed. You have to know how to follow directions. Following directions, that is very important. Because if you don't want to or know how to follow directions in any kind of show business, you know, you're going to have a rough time or they might not even keep you because... Mrs. H, usually our shows start at 8 p.m., right? Yes. Okay, ladies and gents, this is the discipline. For Hamlet, if the show started at 8, sometimes we have to be here by like 6.30 the earliest and 7 the latest. You got to be here one hour before the show. Just, just start like getting in the zone, preparing your voice, getting your body loose, putting on the costume, and you gotta be in the zone and in the in the dressing room, and that's the discipline that it requires. Yes, indeed. And you have to know how to be quiet backstage because some of them they don't know that it's a theater and their voice carry, you know, crossword and work. It's not needed, you know. They, the the audience they might not understand what you're saying but they can hear the mumbling mumbling you know the noise Mrs. H as a hip hop artist I still get those little butterflies right before I go on stage and I think that's important but as soon as I hit the first note I do feel like that 
eases away. Now, I feel like in acting in theater, it's that same rush, like you are, oh my goodness, we're about to go on, it's that same rush. But as soon as you get out there, yes. You gotta trust yourself. You gotta trust yourself and you you gotta give the audience what they came for. And this is why we rehearsed. Indeed. (laughs) Trust what you did at rehearsal. Just do how you did at the rehearsal. Just do it just like that, you know? That's right. Don't try to change anything last minute, trying to think that you're gonna make it better or what have you, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because... <laughs> and ladies and gents, like, the assignment of learning the lines. You cannot even step on stage if you don't know the lines because it's wrong. you got to know the lines. you got to know your lines. And Mrs. H, the, the discipline of learning theater lines, that will make you so efficient on camera. Yes, indeed. Because you can run it ten times. I know the lines. Yes, that's right. <laughs> there you go. And this ain't live. We can cut and edit. Yes. But theater, there's no stopping, Miss H. That's right. There's no rewinding. I know. That's right. No cut, stop. Cut. Yeah. Start back. Go to square one. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta keep going. Mrs. H, let me ask you: as as a child growing up or adolescence, who was the first actor, actress that you saw on TV or movie that you're like, I want to be like that, or I like. That influenced you, like, whoa, I want to be an actress. I, I saw so many. Um, I don't recall wanting to be like any certain ones, but I just knew that I liked what they were doing. Who was the person they, that... You know, and how they looked, and I wanted to do what I saw, you know, them doing. Uh, so... Who was the first one that you were like, wow? Looking back. I don't recall. Who was the first one? I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone when he played Rocky. Okay. Rocky was the first movie that I watched. When I saw him, when, when I saw him do Rocky, I was like, whoa, that's an actor right there. Oh, right. Or what was the first movie you saw, Mrs. Age? You were like, wow. I want to I act. Yeah. I guess it was... Um... Imitation of Life. Mm. Yeah, I like that one. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, I liked So those were... The first ones that you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you some questions and I want you to pick who you think is better. Who you think is a better actor? Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Wow. Which is... Who's better? I... I... I don't want to try to choose. Mm. <laughs> yes. Who, who's, whose films did you like better then? Between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino? Um, uh, <laughs> maybe um, Al Pacino. Nice. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um... Mrs. H, during the pandemic of 2020, uh, how was it like for you and how was it like for all of us that, that wanted to get back into play? I guess my question is, the pandemic's still happening. It's, it's in LA right now. How can theater survive during these times? How can we change our approach so 
it doesn't stop even during the pandemic. Are we gonna have to resort to online shows? What's your thoughts? I'm hoping that uh, that the pandemic would not um, get to the point where it was last year because we had to deal with that for over a year. And now it looks like it's, you know, starting up again, but I'm hoping it doesn't really um, go any further than it has already because we have shows all lined up and our, we're rehearsing our um, reopening show right now, which is the importance of being earnest, the Oscar Wilder's uh, production. And that is up and we're ready to go on August 13th through the 29th, which is like two weeks from now, three weeks from now. So anyway, we just came back in the theater so that we can, you know, practice and get that ready. Uh, And then after um, uh, the importance of being earnest, then we have a place in time, the one that, uh, yes, is going to be in October. That's the one that Marlon is in. Then we have lots of shows, the whole season all lined up. So excited. So plus we have a crew coming up next year in August that I just booked. It's like a, a fundraiser that we do every two years uh, for the theater. So, and it just went up like, oh, the first part of this month. And um, so there are many reasons why we're really hoping and praying that the pandemic does not repeat itself because if we have to close down again, it is going to be a very, very um, sad thing for us. Uh, having actors to wait with the promise of doing their, you know, show later, yeah. and having to cancel the cruise again, and, and because uh, the bills, they don't stop. They keep going, you know, and if you de- you're not having any shows, we, de- we depend on the shows and the fundraisers we do to keep the theater going. It doesn't support it, you know, like 100%, but it helps, and we look forward to uh, having uh, whatever we have planned. So when we have to cancel, it makes it very hard, very hard us and on everybody that's involved. Mrs. H, um, I want to say thank you so much for, for doing this interview. I really appreciate you. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> any, okay, um, before we leave off, what would be your advice for upcoming actors and actresses, young ones, uh, that's trying to be to become an actor, what, what would be your advice for them? My advice would be to take classes uh, because when um, I really got, you know, interested as an adult, I started taking classes. I took lots and lots of classes. Um, uh, and uh, that helps a lot. Although, you know, when you get on stage, you might not use some of the things that you, you learned, but um, it's good to know uh, everything you can really uh, learn about acting and being on stage, behind the stage, and 
everything. Um, and so I advise people to, to take classes. And then after classes, try to audition so that you can learn more and more about how to audition and, and be in plays, be in as many plays as you can so you can get first-hand experience. There's nothing like first-hand experience. And, um, and that's when you get the fullness of it, you know, the fullness of acting by being in shows. And then the thrill comes when you have your friends and family come to see you and afterward talk to you and let you know how well you did. Ladies and gentlemen, the way the, way the building is set up, is, um, it's a hallway. And when um, the performers come out, uh, when the, when the performers step out at the end of the show, we line up and then we get a chance to greet every single attendee in the show. And uh, there's been many nights where this house is packed, ladies and gents, with Bojo's Place, Hamlet, the, uh, the, the counselor, Mrs. H. By the time I got to the counselor, I think I was getting more comfortable in acting, like, like doing the difficult parts and like having a psychological breakdown and... Uh, talking about my dead wife uh, I was so excited for a place in time I just felt like every lo- role that I got was getting better and better and yes. better and better and I took I, I really I gave it my heart and soul I was I gave it my 110% and uh, I'm still and I'm still here I'm waiting for things to open I'm still here I, I can't wait for a place in time um, Mrs. H Last question before we leave off. As far as upcoming directors and producers that wanna th- that wanna direct plays, what are the top three things they need to do to ensure that it will be it will be a successful play that it will get that it will get done? Okay. Um, anytime another director comes you know, <laughs> and they want to do a show here or they get to do shows here. They, um, in order to make sure that their play is successful, yeah. they they need to make sure that um, they get the rehearsal time that mm. they need, so that everybody's you know comfortable with their lines <laughs> and their blocking, mm. and they need to to make sure that the cast know or that they have to help with advertising, you know, with the play. Yeah. Make sure we, have, we get pro- people promo. here. Because people will not just come automatically. You have to invite them, you know, let them know what you're doing and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and encourage them to come and see the, the yes. shows. Yes, And the directors, they need to um, uh, have, like, followers already. You know, they um, can't come and expect people to come automatically because this is a theater they say oh they find out you know that a show is going to be going up they'll just come and see it we just need to put it on the marquee or what have you no they need to promote it they need to, to, to really promote it and just not put it on facebook that's not that's, enough it's not enough no that's not nearly enough. personal advice personal send them the flyer send them the flyer text them the flyer Let go them door know. to door, passing out flyers, put them in the, in the newspapers. Let them know all the dates. These are the and, dates. Yes, I'll put them on TV and radio, wherever you could have, you know, this information uh, go out to people. And you don't have to, like, 
you know, pay a lot to have it advertised because um, you, you go through all of the, uh, the people who will advertise stuff for you and, and then you pick and choose with the ones that you want to use according to what you know you can't afford because a lot of them will do it for free. So, but you've got to promote your show. Amen. <laughs> Don't depend on us to promote it for you because we have our own shows to, you know, that we have to promote. So, each director needs to Amen. promote look, their show. Look, upcoming actors and actresses, if you're going to come up in here thinking you're above promoting, you're tripping. Stop it. Every single cast member, man, we have to promote. Um... And and yes, we, we, we have to promote the show, no doubt. Indeed. Um yes. any other any other words of wisdom for for, for um, our people that are tuning in, Mrs. H as far as like acting, uh, any other announcements you would like to make? Okay, I'd like to say uh, that if you're in a a, a, a play and um, and you think that you know it's oh um, uh, this role is small. I don't want this role. Remember, there there are no small roles. Every role is important, Amen. and the playwright put in that whatever you call a small role for a reason. You know, for a reason. So take that small role that you think is small, but it's not really small, and work it. That gives you more time to stay on stage. Find, you know, just just work that that role. And um, if you uh, happen to have a bad experience at a play, don't let that stop you, you know, because that is just a one-time thing or two-time thing, what have you. The next time, things will probably be a lot better you know, have an opportunity to correct or turn things around. So, so just keep on doing what you like. Keep doing what you like to do. If you like acting, don't stop. Amen. And don't let anyone discourage you. And and ladies and gents, like, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. Sometimes you're going to deal with directors who you don't like. Yes. Or sometimes you're going to deal with actresses and actresses in the cast that you don't like. Mm-hmm. But I think the true sense of professionalism is... You're here. We're not here to like each other. We're here to act. You're here to act. You're here and to do a job. We're here to act. And um, and I just think professionalism counts in acting. Like, it, this takes professionalism and discipline, you know. And um, that's very important. I think that sometimes that's more important than talent. And Indeed. Because the talent will come. You learn that as you go along. The more you act, the, you know, the you more you'll learn. Yes, you'll develop what skills you have. And I like what Mrs. H said. You want to act? You got to do it. You just yes. got to be in shows. Yes. You just got to be in shows. Yes. That's how you do it. That's how you get your experience. And your thick skin. Mm-hmm. Every time you step on stage, you're going to become more fearless and fearless exactly. and fearless exactly. and fearless. We're doing it three times a week mm-hmm. for the next four weeks That's in a month. Right. Sometimes we go five weeks. Mm-hmm. For Hamlet, we did like... I don't know how long because Hamlet is a long, hard play. So, yes, indeed. Like um, John Ferguson was a long, hard play too. Yes, yeah, so we did that one much longer also. But ladies and gentlemen... But it was worth it. 
the electricity and this behind stage for Bojo's place and on stage, ladies and gents, it's nothing I've ever felt like. I, like Bojo's place was an experience. Yeah. Um, we have people who come down from LA to see Bojo's place. Yes, from all over. Um, uh, Bojo's <laughs> place is like no other show, and we've had people say that to us, you know, he says, I've never seen a show like this. Oh, this show, my goodness, you guys need to be on Broadway to travel with it. You know, you need to travel with it. This is outstanding. This <laughs> is age, I surprised myself on how much I love acting like, um, uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest, guys, when, when the pandemic happened, I think I fell into a little bit of depression for the, for the next mm-hmm. maybe two, three months, kind of yeah. like, it, as much as I love hip hop, it's been a part of my life since I was ten. I know it like the back of my hand, but acting was something that was something that I was falling in deep in love with. Like I was giving it my all, and um, I just felt like it stopped abruptly it and it broke my heart. Abruptly, I know it broke my heart into pieces. All and, um, of us. I've been in touch with my fellow actors, my fellow friends, Marva. I've been in touch with Mrs. H this whole time, like. Um, before we get off, I just want to say rest in peace to some of the fallen cast members that I've, yes. I've experienced. Rest in peace, Mike. Rest in peace, Mr. Kenneth. And um, you got—they were definitely avid supporters of the theater. Indeed. They loved us. They loved. They were very encouraging, and uh, I will, I will, I will miss them dearly. Yes, and Deborah Duncan. Rest she was. Yeah, she was in Bojo's place. Rest in peace yes, to. Two, two years. Rest in peace. I got a chance to do Hamlet with Michael. It was a pleasure. I got some defond memories. Yeah. And I was rehearsing A Place in Time with Kenneth. All right. And V. David, he was a very good actor. He passed away a few years, like three years ago. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Mrs. H, it's been a lovely experience um, interviewing you. Thanks for sharing your life. I appreciate you. Thank you for asking me. Ladies and gents, we did it. Empty Podcast, we're out.